When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. All right, how are you getting on? You well, you well? How's things? You good? Hi, Tony Campbell here. Tony Campbell, star of Last One Laughing Ireland. I'm sorry, I will stop talking about it later. Mm, I have no oil. Give me, give me one more week. Come on. I'm on the telly, technically. Streaming uh, on Amazon Prime. Uh, last one laughing Ireland. I'm I'm going to, I want to talk about that today. Um I was very lucky enough to be one of the 10 contestants in Amazon Prime's first ever uh, Irish production and it was a lot of fun and I was talking about it a loads last year it's finally out uh, and I like it and I'm proud of it and I I I had a lot of fun doing it. It's kind of weird though cuz it's like out now and I did it like last May. So it's kind of like you know like when you're a kid and like you're away maybe if you have a birthday during the summer and like you know, you're away, and like the Canaries, and you come home, and then you get loads of presents. Presidents, you got you were away in Grand Canaries. I was trying to do Trump there, and I fucked it. <laughs> so bad, so bad. He came in. I went to the Canaries. I says, "Wow, this is a great place." And I'm, I can't do Trump. Um, hey, hey, little buddy, I see you just come back from the Canaries, man. Ah, Clinton, I can't do any of them. But I tried, and I leave the bad ones in. So that's the, I'm, it, it. It endears me. It endears you to me, seeing you, seeing me fail doing accents. Anyway, I'm just saying when you're away in the holidays and you come back, and it was your birthday in the Canaries, and you come back and you get loads of presents when you come home. That's what it kind of feels like now. Getting getting some sweet sweet kudos from something I did like eight months ago. You know, it's nice. Uh, so I will stop talking about that, but I'm not going to stop talking about this episode. I'm, this episode, I'm going to actually answer some questions because it was a big production. It's crazy. You go into this big house, huge studios where they shoot Dancing with the Stars, and it's a massive, almost like Big Brother house. Graham Norton is there, a load of celebrities. It's uh, it's a uh, there's a lot of work that goes into making it. I mean, our work was just very brief. It was just essentially two days. You know, one day kind of kind of interviews, and then. Another day of actually just going into the house, and um, so there's a lot more work of a lot of people behind the scenes. You know, Kite Entertainment and their producing team, uh, you know, play the blind or putting it all together. Um, but there's a lot that goes into it, and like obviously not everything. It's a long shoot, and not everything makes it in. So I thought I put the feelers out, guys. Well, you can come, you little millipedo, because I'm putting the feelers out. No, not a pedo thing, not a pedo thing. But you know what I mean, like uh, antlers or whatever. What a fucking bugs have antlers or whatever uh, put the feelers out and asked if he has had any questions about it if you want to talk about me a bit more <laughs> look give me this one, one more week and then I'll, I won't stop talking about it but I won't talk about it, you know I won't talk about it as much so I did ask but I want to just say one thing if you just are going to click off this episode um, I actually talked about this last week's bonus podcast which you can actually subscribe to and listen to over on Headstuff Plus uh, headstuffpodcast.com you can go find my podcast there. There's a bonus Cantwell shit show every single Friday. I put another episode out so you can listen to that for the price of a pint, only a fiver. Actually, cheaper than a pint. Grogan's prices, formerly. 
formerly Grogan's Prices, uh, you can listen to my podcast. Also, Young Hawkeyes is over there, so you can support both if you like. But you support mine first, and then give whatever if you need to give an extra bit as well to them. That's fine. You know what I mean? They're doing fine. We're doing okay over there. Um, anyway, listen. No, come here to me. Um, no, spread the love. Whatever. But I, the reason I say that is I was talking about the six Eurovision entries. All right. And I'm not talking about six Johnny Logan buttholes. Entry. Exits. More so. Uh, if you poop. If you do poop, that's more of an exit. If you use it mostly for poop, some people don't. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, what I'm saying is uh, Ireland have six potential candidates that they're going to send to the Eurovision. And they're going to be um, uh, performing on Keelty. Uh, on uh, on on the late late show on Friday, and I wanted to give you my two cents. Please vote for either um, Ailsha Ailsha's Gatubin or Bambi Thug. Uh, either of those, they are cool, awesome cyber dog, gothy rock kind of Trent Reznor vibes. It is exactly the sort of thing that we need to be sending to the Eurovision. Please do not send the Louis Walsh backed pop act. The other songs are bangers. I have to say, it is probably the six. Of the five of them, I would probably be happy. But I really think that those two, Bambi Thug and Elsha, are the ones that will do well on the stage. They're very in lo- uh, on the on the on the world stage. They're see, we don't fully understand what's going on in Europe. We call ourselves European, but we actually, we actually, even though we're known for our drink and our clubs and our our, our, our night, you know, we're we're good drinkers, but we're not we're not very good at the nightlife, you know, um and. In Europe, they are very good at the nightlife, all right? They're very... On continental Europe, there is a whole culture of people who are just allowed drink and get rowdy and... Or maybe not even drink, but just stay out and party and do loads of things up into the all hours, uh, you know, raving and doing all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Sense old, you know? But what is authentically going on in, you know, contemporary culture is not very reflective of... What I'm saying is there's a lot of weird fucking freaks in Europe and they love that shit, right? We don't get to be that freaky because they cut us off, right? Because the fucking doll are cutting us off or maybe we just have a, an issue of drinking, whatever it is, and we need to be cut off. Maybe if we could drink more responsibly, we could stay out at 24-hour clubs. Either way, the point I'm making here is these are two really good acts. Particularly, I think the Elsha Katubin song, I think is just, we get a great kick out of it. She's there singing... Uh, rudimentary I will fail my fucking leaving cert uh, my junior cert you know uh, oral exam here by by trying to by, by delivering this hey no tree shock chuck here I forgot Kuig there and Shay but that's the point I'm making she's singing very rudimentary Irish to an absolute fucking banger of a bop and then Bambi Thug is a little bit more contemporary it's got a great fucking hook and a great a very it go. it's it's one of those songs that you that you want from a Eurovision song Bambi Thug song because it's one of those like it's like, all right, this is weird. Actually, hang on, this is class. Any song that does well in Eurovision starts with, okay, you have my attention because it's weird. Actually, this is a fucking bop, you know. So, please vote for either of those. Please do not vote for the Louis Walsh backed boy band. Um, I they have a song and the name of the, they their band and the name of the song. You know when you have a band and then and then and the actual single, the names are like interchangeable. I think they're called like one day more with is you know, love is this. You know what I mean? They're like both three words. Either of them, you could swap them out. This is love with. I don't even remember the name of the band now. I've literally just said it. With the greatest respect, anyone who wants to represent Ireland, I love you. Great job. 
right? Thank you. But don't send pop, please, this year. We got some crazy cyberdog rocker freaks that we need to be sending. And I think they're going to do very well. I don't think they're going to get the vote because I don't think, I do not think that the Late Late Show, I like Guilty. I'd love to go on there sometime. I do not think the Late Late Show is the best place. I think we should have a place we can vote online. I think it is an old, it, it, you know, it's look, yeah, it's much better than them just picking the act and sending it. Whatever, whatever Westlife uh, member, you know, needed the money that month that gets a songwriting credit. Do you know what I mean? I know that was the old model. And I'm glad we're away from that. Just them picking the act. But I think that they sent, you know, they sent Wild Youth last year. And again, love you boys. Thank you for your commitment. But please don't be sending that kind of, um, you need to send something very different this year. And I think we need to, we need to stand up and vote for either of these two freaks who I love. Okay, so that's my two cents on that. Okay, so I was in Last One Laughing Ireland and it was a tremendous show and I had a wonderful time. <laughs> and I got some questions here, so I'm going to go through them as I got them. Actually, before I start, I should say this show, Last One Laughing Ireland, the whole premise is you go into this room with comedians and you are not allowed to laugh. You are not allowed to laugh or smile and they are watching everything. And, you know, sometimes very harsh, even just with a slight smile. So it's quite tough. Um, and anyone who is able to get to the end and not laugh is the winner. While also, you know, you have to also, you know, you might get a card for like maybe not putting in the work to make other people laugh. Or if you've tried a lot and it just hasn't really worked, um, you know, so you have to constantly be making other people laugh, be on the move, be on the offensive while also not laughing or smiling. Um, and it was a lot of fun. So I've got a couple of questions here. Malumblebee asks, what was the hardest thing to not laugh at in the room? Um, Jason Byrne got a hint of the fact that I, la I laugh at fart sounds. And about about 20 times I almost fucking broke. And he no he noticed it because I found there's loads of props as well, like the silly hats, rubber chickens, all the good stuff that you want, tiny hands, um, all the things that are very funny. And one was like a fart machine. And so I picked it up and I pressed the button and I just went and I, and I almost laughed just with me. My private discovery of this machine, I almost made me laugh. And I thought, OK, if I find that funny, other people will find that funny. So I went out and I started like planting it around and being like, oh, what's that sound? You know, excuse me. And I would do that. But then I I actually did laugh and I don't think they saw. I hit it very well. And and I don't actually I don't think that actually made the final thing. So when I tried it on Jason and I almost laughed, he smelled fucking blood. And then he took out this silly putty and he started following me around. It's going. And oh, my God, that was the hardest, the hardest thing to not laugh. At. It was just so silly and it was just so relentless. Um, there was the actual acts. Um, I mean, I did think when Ashling B sings My Heart is Low and started going. Blah, 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 blah. My heart is little, so doing like a kind of lick out thing was really tough and that was early early enough in the competition and then also it's just very hard not to laugh at your own shit do you know what I mean or you make a quip you know and you're like ha like th they'd get you for that so it, and you know it's so hard to listen and think about what your face is doing at the same time I've got two questions here one um, was was it actually just six hours and another did the show go over six hours because people didn't break um, the the show was Technically, the timer of every time you couldn't laugh was six hours, but it was much longer than six hours. Whenever someone laughed, Graham Norton would hit the red button. He would come in, give someone a card. But then there was a bit of just, 
they might have to change something, might have to change lights, there might have to be touch-ups or something like that. There might be um, the director kind of, because everyone wants to do their bit so they're, you know, on stage or they might have a big prop that isn't in their locker to get. Um, so they'd have to, like, go get that. So there was a bit of kind of in, in the middle. So each time someone laughed, it was probably like about a ha- half an hour reset. So it was like a long time. But it was genuinely twelve or you know six hours that you couldn't laugh, and then there'd be little breaks in between while, um, but you you still didn't leave the room, you know, and it, you're still in the room, but you know you just you were allowed to kind of smile. So in total, it was probably ten to twelve hours. People were in the room, um, and uh, and it, so it didn't necessarily go on, and it literally did come down to the end, like it, the the winner won right at the end. You know, they 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 up the stakes and up the stakes, and it just kind of fell into place that 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 it should happen like that without spoiling anything. But uh, it was coming down to like the last minute, and they're like, "Okay, something has to happen." And they shook things up a lot. And whenever things were feeling a bit stale, they brought something in, they changed it up, they would give warnings to people if they hadn't really moved in a while. Like Graham Graham Norton would not even like producer being like, "You're on the watch list now. You have to try and make someone laugh. If you don't make someone laugh in the next hour, you could be out." So there was always kind of. It was always a game. You were always going. But it was ended up being much longer. In terms of the total shoot, though, you had those kind of talking head kind of interviews that we did the day after. Um, and if you look at mine, I'm hungover. <laughs> I'm hungover. Because just the adrenaline of being in there and then when you're out, it's just like, oh, I forgot this was a show. And I'll talk more about that in a second. Um, yeah, one here from Rosalie says, what was it like to sit in the back room drinking with Graham Norton and watching the show? The dream. It was a fucking dream. Graham Norton is a mensch. He is a perfect human being. I love him so much. I was obviously a huge fan beforehand. I met him and he's the nicest dude ever. He's been so nice to me afterwards. He's he's mentioned me. He mentioned me on This Morning with Dermot O'Leary and Alison Hammond. And he was like, you need to check out Tony Cantwell's bit in, in episode three. I couldn't believe it. You can check it out. There's a clip of it online. Um, so super nice, super supportive and lovely. Um, and then, uh, you know, when you're out of the competition, you, you go and you watch it with him. So whenever I got out, I was sitting there with him. And <laughs> and because you're just so full of adrenaline, I, you know, I just wanted, I was like, hey, give, give me a fucking drink, right? Now, what I didn't really realize is there was like a whole kind of stocked bar in there with him. But it wasn't really a stocked bar. Like, it was a stocked bar stocked by the props department. So, obviously, what what do they need? They need visually interesting straight liquors <laughs> that are just up on an, a kind of like a Billy bookcase that's very well lit, you know? Um, so, I was just like, there was no labels on anything. There was no mixers. So, and it was actually a very funny bit where, like, Graham was actually just trying to present the show. <laughs> and... Uh, and Emma, and Emma Doran was all like, Tony, I'm going to make you a drink. What will you have? And this is after we've already had a few drinks. And I was like, what is there? What is there? And like, he's literally trying to present the show. And she's like, I'll make you whiskey. There's no ice, though. Is there any ice? And then I'm shouting, is there any ice? Like, And like, this is this is being filmed. And we just completely forgot. And eventually Graham was like, there's ice in the pineapple. <laughs> she went, oh, yeah. She brought it over. It's like, you're a whiskey with ice. Um, but Graham was still very nice to us. But it was clearly like, I, you know, you know, I have a job here still to do while you're while you're boozing it up. Um, so that was funny, and I did get fairly steamed in the green room, you know, uh, in the in the the viewing room. Um, so much so that there's even a bit at the end 
because you know the den are in it that's not a spoiler by me saying that the den are in it Zig and Zag and Dustin and Ray are in it and at, they, they came out at the very end and there's a clip of me at the very end leaning into Dustin like like I'm a fucking punisher like I'm burning the ear off him and I don't I'm not going to lie I don't remember this and I leaned over to him and I was like Dustin man you should have been here the whole time man and he says something and I'm like how oh, uh? <laughs> and I look it's at the very end of episode 6 and I'm steamed in it another moment that you notice that I'm fairly steamed is my reaction when I see fellow young hot guy Shane Daniel Byrne come into the room I literally scream scream like a high pitched like a like a debutante <laughs> I was like ah! I scream and then like I almost even ruin the shot you see the green you know the, the viewing room and the comedian's in there and Shane's in there and I'm like, I'm clapping with glee and I couldn't hide it. And I'm like, that's Shane! And this is again, I'd already had a couple of whiskeys here and I was feeling very giddy and um, and I started shouting like, that's Shane! That! And I just kept shouting, that's Shane! And Martin Angola, who's in the room as well, and again, like they're filming all this and I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm always ruining the takes here. And uh, Martin said, yeah, Tony, we know, we'd love to fucking hear what he's saying. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, man. We were just so excited to see him because, again, I, we had no, we had no idea who was going to be in. Uh, we had no idea who the cameo people were going to be. We had no idea who even the comedians who were in there were going to be. People had suspicions, and obviously, um, Ireland comedy scene is, is a, a smaller one. So, but they kept it very close to the chest. So we really had no idea who who was going to be in there. Um, so all the reactions are 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 fairly fairly real. Um, like, I had no idea Dave McSavage was going to be in there. And I was very surprised to see Dave McSavage in there. Now, I will say this. Uh, one of the questions was, what other comedians did you find the funniest? Did anyone surprise you? Like, Dave McSavage did surprise me in just how kind of sweet and kind he is and how funny he is. I always knew he was funny, but my first impression of him was when he, like, bullied me. He used to um, be, like, a, a busker. He would be busk um, outside Stevens Green Shopping Centre. And I, everyone who would walk by that kind of junction, he would just fucking lay into it. And he called, he must have called me a hippie like a million times because I had long hair just walking around a little goth. Um, so I was always like, hmm. And it even turned me off watching The Savage Eye, which is the greatest Irish sketch show that's ever existed, The Savage Eye. Um, and it's incredible. And only I kind of found it later in my 20s because I was kind of like, that guy. <laughs> the guy who made me feel like a little, like uh, the guy who called me a hippie. You know, the guy who embarrassed me in front of maybe a girl I was going for a meet with. And maybe the reason I was a fridge is because I couldn't really follow through on that because of Dave McSavage. Uh, so that did surprise me. And it was it was incredibly funny. Um, so, again, when I see his reaction and I even said in the talking head bit, I don't know if that made the cut. I was like, I'd be terrified to see Dave McSavage in there. I was not lying. Um, and uh, and he's he, but he's lovely. Um Someone said, Louise says, what was the f- food situation like? Uh, what was the food situation? Because it looked class. There was a lot of grub. Um, I didn't really eat much, though, because you're kind of just like, like, when do you, you know, you know, I, I, maybe it's because I link food with joy. <laughs> that it was such a joyless place for a while. Like, sometimes it just felt really joyless. Because you kind of have to force yourself to feel no joy. Um you have to just objectively look at, okay, there's Jason Byrne on a tricycle jumping over to, um, you know, London buses. Um, you know, you just have to. So you so it was weird. You're kind of eating with people. I will say this, though. There was a moment where some of the, a lot of the comedians were still in there. Um, and I wasn't. 
at this point and they were like having a meal and me and another comedian alright I'm just going to spoil it right I'm going to spoiler is that alright spoiler hopefully you've watched it um, me and Emma Doran I think we're out and we we were like tucking it to the drinks and there was like there was no there's no, <laughs> there no food like the catering was in there you know and so there was kind of like no grub for us so we were just like watching these people eat their, their dinner and we're like alright fuck this we're going to have a bit more to drink here um, so the food situation was good while you were in there um, and of course Graham is a consummate professional so he wasn't you know tucking into the bar he might have had like a glass or two or something but like he wasn't he wasn't obviously you know he had his adrenaline just shot through and you know you know that kind of feeling where it's almost like the first drink on your birthday kind of vibe that's what it kind of felt like in the green room also he's just there like Graham Norton's there you're like <laughs> you know I didn't get that steamed I mean I'm, I'm probably exaggerating a bit much here Although I did get so steamed that on the way home, they dropped me home in like a bus. Um, they thought more people were going my way and they weren't. So they dropped me home in like a mi- like a mini bus. And I had them pull over on the side of the road so I can go and get a Romeo's. <laughs> and I was like, bro, do you mind pulling over here? And he's like, what? Just pull over here for a second. I'll be, I'll be out in like 10 minutes. A bus <laughs> on the side of the road while I'm getting the Romeo's. Um, and when I told my wife what had happened, you were, like I came home like just, I came home drunk with a Romeo's. And uh, other takeaways are available, by the way. And she's like, what happened? And I'm like, well, uh, after I almost laughed when Z- when when Zig and Zag wrote a custom joke for me, and they were like, what? Then Krista Berg came in, and she's like, what are you talking about? And he sang Lady in Red personally to all of us. And she's like, you are making, like, did you just write down your dream, like your dream, ten minutes. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? This, you, this did not happen. And I was like, I sm- and I smiled. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When I saw Krista Burke, and it was like, what? How is that? How is that a day of work? <laughs> how is that a day of work? Insane. I- insane. Um, so, yeah, I was fairly steamed. What was the answer to that? Uh, the food situation was good. <laughs> the food situation was very good. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of grub in there. Um, another one asks, uh, do you think you got away? With any sneaky laughs or smiles that weren't seen, yeah. There's even a bit where I put my hand over my face and I am laughing. Um, and maybe they were being generous, but it's hard, you know. Like, you know, there's a there was like dozens and dozens of cameras, and there's like glass all the way through this room that's just built in the middle of this the studios at the shoot Dancing with the Stars, and there's kind of like two way glass, and everyone's watching everything. So you've got like multiple camera people watching from different angles, and of course they're not going to catch everything. Um, but yeah, I definitely think there was a few sneaky smiles. Even rewatching it, there was a few smiles from other people that I think they were like, mm, "No, do you know what? If we give it to them now, it's going to be too quick, and they'll be out of there." Um, Finch Toby says, "Please tell me you still have the cat suit." Oh, do I ever? And you—that is not the last you have seen of Tuggermy Shimbers, uh, the sexy cat. Um, actually, I'll tell you a bit about that because there's another one here from Ross Fitzpatrick says, "When did you begin prepping bits?" was Rasher, Purpose Built, and Sexy Cat. Tonya fucking died. Thank you, Ross. Uh, I'm not going to lie. 
the sexy cat that you see in the show is an idea that I've had in my head for about seven years. And there was kind of like, you know, I didn't know I was going to get the show because I probably would have been. I mean, I'm the least I have the least TV credits to my name um, of, of anyone, I think, in the show. So uh, I went in and I was, I think, one of the last ones to be to be cast for it. And they went and met David Noble and Laura Green um, in Kite and Stephen Bradley, who was directing it. And then Darren, who, who, who runs Kite. And they were kind of like, all right, so what, what do you have as your ideas? And the sexy cat was like the first thing. I was like, I want to be a sexy cat. I want to be called Tug Army Shimbers. I want to be the the lead professional exotic dancer at a, a strip club just for cats. And literally every single word that I say in the show, bar maybe a few extra bits, like you scratch my back, I'll scratch your dick. That came later. <laughs> uh, but everything I kind of said was in the room. It's all, I don't know. It's always something I had have had to do. And then I was an amazing opportunity. They were like, great, you're doing it. And I'm like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Um, and they really helped a lot. Laura had like props, build, um, eight nipples that would squirt milk, um, a strip club scratching post pole where a lot of good improvisation came from. Um, Jordan Daniel as well helped me uh, when I was doing the choreo. My good pal Jordan, when we were like doing it, I was like just spacing it out for him. And he was like, no, pause here, you know, pardon the pun. Uh, and he's like, just be more like a cat. He just kept saying that, just be more like a cat. Um, so that so that was that. And I'm, and it won't be the last you've seen of, of, of old Tugger Me Shimbers. Um, as for the Dublin Frenchman puppet, the Dublin Frenchman puppet, Rasher Dupont, is based on the videos I used to do of the Dublin. I'm a fucking French man from Dublin, right? And you don't come into France without learning out of fire, motherfucker. And I used to do those videos years ago. Unfortunately, lost the filter for it, so I haven't really been able to do it. I've tried to recreate it again just with warping filters, and it just doesn't look the same. And I always thought it'd be a funny puppet to have because I've noticed that puppets can get away with <laughs> with saying worse things, or it's less offensive when it's from a puppet. You know, I've taken that inspiration from. Like the worst, com- the worst comedians there are who do racist puppet humor, but uh, I thought that's fairly harmless to have a uh, a Dublin man, a Dublin man who essentially thinks he's French, you know, and is kind of have a, has a bit of a weird backstory, you know, or he is an actual French man who's lived in a bin like Oscar the Grouch, and has moved to Dublin and has just picked up this kind of hybrid accent. Either one, you know, it's kind of like the Joker. You don't really know his backstory. That was built by. Um, at the time, they were called Odd Socks, um, but now it is um, Malumble B is actually the Maraid Malumbi, um, and uh, had uh, b- had built the prop with um, yeah with with the group uh, Odd Socks, but I think Maraid is now gone. So uh, Malumble B uh, was was one of the the builders of the puppet. So that, they built that um, a few years ago. Um, and I was going to start incorporating that into my act, and I kind of have now. It takes a long time. It's taken a long time to figure out what works with it and what doesn't work, and it's been very... I've actually tried it so many times, and no one's laughed, you know, but I thought it would fit that, so I already had that, to answer your question. Um, Mark uh, Maloney says, can you explain the engineering behind the nipple squirting? Yes, I can. 
How sore were your nipples after milking as well, says Oshin. Um, so they, so it is like a rubber chest plate. Uh, I did this before. I did it at Mob Theater before, a version of Tugger Me Shimbers. I think I called myself Litterbox, but I think Tugger Me Shimbers was a funnier name. And I thought I could catch people out by saying Tugger Me Shimbers. So I changed it. And when I did that, I had um, worn worn like a bra and underwear. And in the bra, I had like two, I had like um, marigold gloves. I had like holes in them that were full. I realized later that I actually had put milk in them that time. And I was like, this does not need to be milk. Um, so when I did it live, I was actually squirting people with milk that were coming out of these two long teats, marigold gloves. And then in chatting to Laura Green, um, we kind of worked out. She was like, would it be anatomically correct? And I'm like, if you can make anatomically correct, let's do anatomically correct. Um, so they did anatomically correct. And what that was was then like two bottle tops that the props team had made that kind of stuck out of the top. So they were like, you could unscrew them, fill them with water and then screw them and then uh, just squirt them. You know, there was enough water in there that if you kind of went like that, you could kind of squirt them. Um, and water was also fine and less offensive. I mean, originally I pitched it, it was like, I think you should put almond milk in there so that, you know, if there's any lactose intolerant people, they're not going to be offended. And they were like, or water. I'm like, yeah, or water. So that's how it worked. You just, they were literally like, you know, baby milk bottles, you know, for the tops that stuck out. Um, an incredible props team, I have to say. Um, another one here. Um, did you know Shane was going to make an appearance? No, he actually didn't tell me. Knew I was in it. Um, even though I wasn't supposed to tell him. Um, but he didn't tell me. There was, though, I was kind of hoping, um, because a few people were in there, um, kind of contributing to it. There, there was kind of, they brought comedians in to do a bit of a, a dry run as well. So I had a few comedians in there. Killian was one of them. Peter McGann as well also just helped me um, write some of Rasher DuPont's kind of one-liners and a few other bits that I ended up not being able to do. Um, and actually, I can tell you some of those in a sec. And they had gone in as kind of collaborators and so that Graham would have some experience seeing, you know, funny people in there. Um, and I was kind of hoping, all right, I got a couple of fucking spies in there. And I kind of started a group with them the next day and I was like, okay, come on, tell me the inside scoop. What am I going in? Because I was like, I want to win. And they were like, we're, we all talked about it. We've made an executive decision. We're not going to tell you anything. We're not going to tell you anything that you're going to see. Because I think you, you, I think for the sake of being in there, you're going to actually want to have fun. And if you're looking towards things, you're not going to have fun and it's not going to work for you. And I'm like, and I'm glad they did because the surprises were real. And it actually just, every time something happened that was a surprise, uh, you felt like kind of more reinvigorated to keep playing. Um, but no, Shane didn't tell me he was going to be in. And had I been in there, had he walked out at that time, I would have fucking broke in a second. Um, ben Farley says, in my opinion, it should have been done over a week and more sadistic. Good shout. Very fucking good shout. Um, someone says here, well, John may as well use this as, as an opportunity. Uh, Nicola Conville says, why don't you shill out your voice? Because I would actually hear you read the yellow pages. Nicola, I do. Uh, Voicebank.ie and you can get access to my stunning uh, voice. Uh, Brady God's got a few questions here did that phone box really work in the phone box it did we were in there and what didn't make the cut is I was so shy as well I got really shy Jason literally just went in because he has that kind of a, you know that, that kind of attention span started like turning things over looking under cushions just seeing just he's always scanning and so we went into the phone box picked it up and literally the Graham's just on the other line 
we didn't know that I was just at the time it was me Ashton B and Jason in there and then we realized we could talk to Graham and I was just talking to him I was like my mother-in-law loves your wine that's all I could say to him it's the first thing I said to him and he's like thank you and I'm like <laughs> I had nothing to say um, but yeah it really worked everything really worked like every button that you pressed the reaction would happen I don't know how they did it that way normally it's like some you know that there's some someone behind it like oh I can see he's pressed the button now I'm going to do the lights everything really worked the way it was supposed to work another one from Brady God did Bernard O'Shea and Dave McSavage really not like each other or was it a joke let me tell you it was so <laughs> it was so uncomfortable <laughs> Uh, it was so uncomfortable. Um, Bernard O'Shea comes in. He's meant to be like this actor. And Dave McSavage is all like, you're Bernard O'Shea. We don't like each other. You know, and it was it was really uncomfortable. Like the reactions are, are real. And I'm so surprised that they made it, that that, that it made it in. Um, but that's just the great thing about Dave McSavage. He just doesn't have like, he's literally the exact same in a room for a game show or in the green room when we're just having our canteen you know we're having our like canteen lunch or whatever um or if he sees anyone he's like i know you like it was a bit there was a bit earlier where ray darcy comes in with the den and he just goes ray i texted you last week you never got back <laughs> and i was like why are you doing this why nothing i can make the cut and, and thank god the bernard one did because it was just really funny really uncomfortable and i think it added another layer of intrigue to Bernard's kind of performance, you know, the fact that he, he had to get really close and touchy and feely with all these people, and David just didn't <laughs> didn't like him. I think they're all right now, but uh, it was probably a nice kind of come to Jesus moment for the two of them. Um, but uh, no, that was totally real. That was genuine kind of like animosity going on there. It was very interesting. Um, and literally, I was in the you know the the viewing room at that point, and I was like, this is not. They're not going to do this. Um, what does Graham Norton smell like? Incredible. Genuinely smells great. Very much, very much so. Um, and let's just see. I want to see what my kind of my bits were going to be. Um, so I mean, what was amazing about this was just they just kept saying, all right, more uh, silly ideas, just silly ideas. And they were like, doesn't need to be stand up bits. And I'm like, OK, great. The first bit I actually sent them after. Um, oh, yeah, there was one. Yeah, I'll get into that. So there was a few bits that I sent them. Um one was, um, so the first thing was Sexy Cat, and then I came up with a couple of other ideas, and then they wanted a list of ideas. So I think one I had was, um, they want they liked it, but they thought that it wouldn't be good on camera. Uh, I, I was going to go in with like a business card, right? And I was going to ask other contestants. I was like, here's there anyone else? Like, do you ever get like Google alerts with your own name, but like it's like someone else? And I was like, because I have this, because um, like there's a hurler and Tipperary that I'm always getting Google alerts for. Um, and actually, there's another Tony Cantwell out there who's a pediatrician. Um, and when I tell people my name, I'm constantly having to say, you know, not a pediatrician, like Tony Cantwell, but not the pediatrician. And actually, it happened so often, I put out my business card and I was going to show them the business card that said Tony Cantwell, not a pedo. Which I thought was funny. Um, I had another bit. I'm very good at making balloon hats like hats uh, so I had a whole bit where I was just going to walk around as kind of a bit of a raver you know um, and like the whole thing is all like I've been dancing for like four days as a raver and like I like just make really silly long gesture hats out of balloons there's one shot where I'm kind of wearing a balloon hat but I didn't really quite, uh, kind of follow through on it um, I was going to bring in pictures of my kids and make their eyes really small I'm like here look at my son I'll miss him 
because it actually was Sonny's birthday that day. I was like, "This is birthday today. Can you believe it?" Um, which I thought was funny. One that did make the cut, which I didn't. No, it actually did make the cut. It was in it as well. Was this trick where I was going to be like, you know, that game that you play where you put your hands together and you look inside. You kind of you make like a V with your hands together, and then you put them in another V of someone else's hands, and then when you open it, it's meant to look like a fanny. So I was doing that, and I got Paul Tylak with it, and I opened it, and it was they'd made like a they'd gotten me a silicone. Uh, this is a very important vulva. Um, we can't, couldn't say vagina, vulva. Um, that like tattoo artists use to practice tattooing on, or no, that uh, piercing people, like ear piercers, uh, vag- vag- vulva piercers practice on. So it was like an anatomically correct silicone puss, and I was gonna like show it in my hand, being like. So here, let's play that game where your hand looks like a vagina, and then I was gonna, and then I open my hand and reveal there's a vagina in there. So that was another one, that, but that did make the cup. Um, I was going to, um, I was going to do some of my material. I have a, a, a song about the more pints I drink, um, the more shy talk I do. I was going to do that in there. Another bit I had was like I was going to come in there. I had, they'd actually built a typewriter that I could wear. On my chest as like a harness and like I could type with, but that we like was on straps, and I was gonna wear like have I had like fake fake cigarettes and like a kind of a film noir hat, and I was gonna follow people around, being like, you know, Jason Byrne walked into my office like a cool breeze. He was desperate. This was clearly his last shot of fame. You know, I was gonna call people washed up loads. You know, uh, with a uh, with a typewriter, and they ha- I had that there in the locker. I just didn't have enough time to actually get in and do it, which was a shame. Um, so there was a lot of bits. Anyway, I'm going to do three more questions. Uh, afterwards, were you in a tense state to not laugh, like extended blue laughter balls? Because you kind of took a bit of a break and you could kind of just check in with people, it was kind of essential. I think if you didn't have those breaks and you couldn't laugh when people were out, um, I think it would have. Because it, at some point, for me anyway, there was periods where I actually just found it kind of easy and not because people weren't funny it's like I knew everything they're doing was objectively funny it was just you almost had forgotten you kind of got into this state you kind of got a bit sad sometimes and then something would happen to take you out of it normally that normally you'd have that and then you'd have a bit of a break because someone else has laughed thank god and then you can kind of laugh again check in with everyone again and just kind of exchange that kind of social currency that is so essential of laughing um so but then you you hear me in the green in the the viewing room. I keep calling it, I don't know, the observation room. Graham Norton afterwards. Like, I'm howling. I'm howling laughter. And that's just how I want to be all the time. Um, so, I luckily was able to let it out, but I was absolutely fucking exhausted afterwards. Um, do you think there will be another season? And who do you want to see in it? Well, of course, I'd love to see my young hot guys. I'd love to see Shane. I'd love to see Killian in there. Peter would be an absolute asset in there. Alison Spittle. 100% needs to be in there she actually turned me on to that show she turned. She was like you just need to watch this show and it was the Australian version and I was like what the fuck is this I love it and then I couldn't believe them when they were doing that I couldn't believe they were doing an Irish one and then I also just couldn't believe that when they'd asked me because I actually was a huge fan of the, the Australian one um, and I watched the Canadian one as well Alison Spittle would be great Justine Stafford literally compulsively has to come up with like 100,000 ideas a day um, Ali Fox would also be a real uh you never know what she's going to say. Every single time we're having a chat, she does tell a story and she does get deadly serious about something. And I'm like, I had no idea this is where this was going. I'll break my shy laughing. Um, you know, um, I have a lot of... I've Anyone who's ever been on my podcast is very funny and should be on the show. Um, 
All right, last one. Um, how did you get away with basically having your testicles on show in the green morph suit? Okay, look. I probably would have reframed them better. I can't believe how quick my penis my penis was to disappear when um, when I put on this green morph suit. They were bungled up together. It did not look good. I thought, oh, this might actually look, you know, if something's mashed in there, it might actually, it might, it would never look good. Actually, I never really thought it would look good. But I thought, I kind of tucked up. And in doing so, it was just my testicles on show. I don't know how I got away with it. I think some people really didn't <laughs> like it at all. Um, but I will say this, okay. I'm not a pervert. Tony Cantwell, not a pedo or a pervert, right? Um, I'm not a pervert. But they really ha- it really would look like I am some sort of like exhibitionist weirdo because... So the way it kind of worked out, there was not much done in changing the edit of how some things went, but... Basically, they cut in some bits of me not in the morph suit after the Dublin Frenchman. I came out early with the Dublin Frenchman. I was wearing the green morph suit. And then I was just, when the Frenchman wasn't landing, I put him away. And I started um, just like making things look like they were floating. Because I was acting like, oh, you can't see me. I'm in a green morph suit. Um, But they had put in a good chunk of material in between that. Um, And then... That happens in in the second episode. So it's like a morph suit, Dublin Frenchman, the first one. There's my balls. Second one, morph suit again. It looks like I put it on again, but it was actually just because it was extended from the Dublin Frenchman and they cut other people's bits in as well. Because there's actually so many things happening at the same time. Like, there are different stories happening, you know? While people are over there, there's a like, there could be like five different events happening in the room at any given time. Um, So then... The second episode is me in the morph suit again. And then the third one was me in a sexy cat outfit. And it really makes me look like you have an agenda here to be seen, right? Which I, you know, if it happens, it happens. You know, I don't. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know how I got away with it. Delighted I did, though. Um, and do you think your red card was fair? It says Money Girl. My red card was 100% fair. I was crying laughing when I got the red card. I was crying laughing. I was crying laughing at how um, Deirdre Kane was doing this Mary Robinson thing and committing to it so hard and just being so dry with the, just explaining how what comedy is. And while doing that, I was so disrespectful that Jason was just like constantly with the silly putties going <laughs> and so I was crying laughing and laughing out loud and I think they made, they I think they underplayed it a little bit because I was there like just shaking, crying like, I, I knew I was out. So the red card, no, was definitely fair. The yellow card, when I smiled a bit at Krista Berg, I don't, maybe was a bit harsh, but I'm so glad that I have some connection to Krista Berg because I genuinely fucking love Lady in Red. Do you know what I like doing sometimes? It's going to make me sound like it now. I don't, you know. When PlayStation 4 came out, <laughs> when the PlayStation 4 came out and I got one, you could play music through the game on your Spotify and I thought this is amazing this is going to change everything to do with GTA and playing the radio so I'm just going to play my own music as I drive around and I remember bringing Jordan over or I think I had a PS4 in my room and I was living with Jordan I was like hey check this out and he came into my room and I just played Lady in Red on repeat just mowing people down <laughs> GTA 5 just like running people over constantly like hundreds of people I listened to Lady in Red on repeat. I just thought that was so funny when I was doing it. But I've always loved the song. 
I've loved Lady in Red the song since um, your man did Stars in the Rise and he sang it with Christa Berger and your man would like you music like cheek to cheek touches his cheeks I love that song so much and I used to sing it all the time to my unborn son and also to my wife whenever we walk home somewhere drunk I'd sing Lady in Red in fact I have a Spotify playlist of um, songs I, I we'd like we'd sing at the top of our voice walking home from a night out um, and Lady in Red was up there number one so look thank you and pardon my thank, I, I appreciate thank you for your understanding in my week of pure self-indulgence um, back to my normal bullshit next week but um, that was Last One Laughing Ireland I hope you check it out it's on Amazon Prime Prime Video and um, number one in Ireland as of me saying this today which is very exciting take that Reacher I would give him give him a reach around any day he's so big although I'd like him to spoon me so I would actually be the one getting the reach around from Jack Reacher whatever thank you all the best bye bye this show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network a hub for the creative and the curious shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com Thank <laughs> you.